Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. Today, we want to talk about hope for a lost nation. And if you're like me, when you hear those words, you think, yes, please, can I get some hope for a lost nation? Because as I look out at my cultural context, it certainly feels like the nation I'm living in, the United States of America, is lost and getting more lost day after day. I mean, it feels like society is picking up steam, going downhill, uh, as we really feels like go down the drains. Can we get some hope up in here? Well, today we're going to look at two different passages that describe, and we really get to see uh, a nation going down. But in each of the passages, I think we'll see something that should give us hope and even give us something to do, uh, especially as we look at the New Testament passage today. Our Old Testament passage is going to be 2 Chronicles 10 through 12 today. And at this time, we need to remind ourselves of some things regarding the books of Kings and the books of Chronicles. Even just in the Hebrew Bible, uh, these books were combined. We've kind of separated them in our English uh, Bibles. All the same content is there. But you're going to start saying, what's the difference between Kings and Chronicles? Well, what you need to understand at this point now, we've seen the kingdom has divided. There is a northern kingdom known as Israel. There is a southern kingdom known as Judah. In the southern kingdom is Jerusalem, and that's where the descendants of David will continue to reign. The books of Kings will go back and forth between the northern and the southern kingdoms. The books of Chronicles will focus only on the line of David. Uh, And so as we read some about Rehoboam, the first king of the divided kingdom in the south, uh, Solomon's son there in Jerusalem, you'll see some things that you have already read at this point in Kings. However, it will give us some more detail as we go into it today in 2 Chronicles 10 through 12. Another thing to note, with the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, there are no good kings in the northern kingdom, not one. In the southern kingdom, we will see a little bit more of a mixed bag as we look at these kings. But today, it really is focused all on the reign of Rehoboam as we look at chapters 10 through 12. Now, in chapter 10, we see some very similar things to what we already saw in Kings, how Rehoboam gets this request from the people, although today we see the added detail that Jeroboam was there with the people kind of leading this charge. And instead of listening to the older, wiser men, he listens to his young buddies uh, and he listens to their advice. And that doesn't go well. And the kingdom uh, splinters apart. But then we see some good things happening because we know now in the northern kingdom, Jeroboam, he sets up these golden calves, this false system of worship. And now uh, people like priests and Levites who had lived in those places, they come back to Judah to serve the Lord. And not just them. Look at verse 16 of chapter 11. It says, And those who had set their hearts to seek the Lord God of Israel came after them from all the tribes of Israel to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord 
the God of their fathers. Some people, even in the northern kingdom, held true. And they said, no, we're going to Jerusalem, the city where God has set his name, and we are going to worship him there, how he told us to worship him. And it says in verse 17, they strengthened the kingdom of Judah. And for three years, they made Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, secure. For they walked for three years in the way of David and Solomon. So there, that's good. A whole nation being affected by this small group of people who are seeking the Lord. Now, you can guess when it says they walked for three years that way, well, after that, they don't. And in chapter 12, it says, when the rule of Rehoboam was established and he was strong, he abandoned the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. And so Shishak, the king of Egypt, comes and causes all kinds of problems in Judah. And even this prophet comes and says to the king, thus says the Lord, you abandoned me, so I have abandoned you to the hand of Shishak. Then, now here's, now that, that, that's kind of the, the downside, right? God is judging this nation that has abandoned him. But here's the upside and here's the hope. Verse six, then the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, the Lord is righteous. When the Lord saw that they had humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah. They have humbled themselves. I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. And so there we see God relenting from complete disaster. There's still going to be servants of Shishak, but we see the leaders, they humbled themselves and they said, the Lord is righteous. There is a glimpse of hope. And and the action point for us then is we should pray for our leaders. I think of the leaders in your city, in your state, the leaders of our country. We should pray that they would, like these leaders, humble themselves, that they would truly say the Lord is righteous. Are you praying that for the leaders that God has put over you? Even especially when you're saying, hey, they're not following God. They're not doing what is right. And many of our leaders are not. And we need to look at them and pray for them that they would humble themselves and admit that the Lord is righteous. There's some hope we would see for a lost nation here. And so this is the beginning, really, of the southern kingdom of Judah, not off to a great start. But there we get a sense of the reign of King Rehoboam. Now, our New Testament reading today is just three verses in Acts. Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through 3, and Romans chapter 1. Now, you're saying, well, why are we doing this? Well, remember, we're reading through the New Testament in a chronological order. And so... It gives us just a little glimpse. Paul had been in Ephesus, and that's where we think he wrote uh, the books of Corinthians. And now he's traveling through Macedonia and Greece in chapter 20 of Acts, verses 1 through 3. And we see some of the details there, but we're going to start reading Romans because we think it is during this time that Paul wrote the book of Romans. Because as we come back to the book of Acts after Romans, we're going to finish the book and we're going to see a lot of it is Paul's journey to Rome. And as we read Romans, even in chapter one today, we we see clearly Paul has not yet been to Rome. So we know he, he writes Romans before he ever gets there. Romans is written 
before the book of Acts ends. And after the book of Acts ends, we'll get to a lot of letters that Paul wrote uh, seemingly after uh, the book of Acts and after what we have recorded of the history. But let's get to Romans chapter one, where again, if you've uh, listened to this podcast or if you've listened to my preaching, you know, you, you've heard me talk about how the second half of Romans one, uh, starting in verse 18, where it talks about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Um, it really reads like a history of the United States of America over the last 100 plus years with a rejection of God as the creator and kind of all kinds of foolishness now being presented uh, as the ideas of the culture. And that leads to all kinds of sexual immorality. And then it leads to homosexuality and other kinds of perversions there. And then it leads at the end to just all manner of unrighteousness, as it says. And it is depressing to read that because it feels like I'm just looking. This is describing what I am seeing right in front of my eyes in the United States of America. And I think for all of us listening to this podcast, that makes us sad. That makes us concerned. We are seeing the wrath of God be poured out against our country. But that's where the hope is earlier in the chapter. And just think of the famous verse, Romans 1, 16, before it gets to the wrath of God, where's the hope? Well, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, that we have a hope in the gospel. And that's the action point for us. We need to be committed to sharing the gospel. The the core solution to all the problems we see around us is really the good news of Jesus Christ, proclaiming that and seeing people get saved and turn from their sin, turn from their all manner of unrighteousness to serve the living and the true God. And we need to be people that are like Paul. Uh, Now, we are not apostles like Paul was in the formal sense, but we are ones that should be sent into this world. We should be people like Paul, who it says in verse one, he was set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Did you catch all of that? You might not be the same person as the Apostle Paul. You weren't commissioned personally by Jesus in a vision to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, but we should be people that are saints set apart for the gospel. And we have the Holy Scriptures too, and all the promises through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. We have the resurrection to declare to people around us, and we want to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name. We are called to tell people through the Holy Scriptures who Jesus was, how he died on the cross for our sins, how he rose again, how he is the king of a coming kingdom. And we are to call people to repent and believe in the gospel. That's the obedience of faith. 
And that's what we see in verse 17, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. We are to go out into this lost and dying world and declare the good news of Jesus Christ and call people to obey him through faith, to turn from their sin and put their trust in him. And we should have a confidence in that because this gospel, it is the power of God. So yes, there's a lot of concerning things in our world, things that should grieve us to our core. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. But God has given us things to do. We should pray for our leaders that they would repent and humble themselves and say the Lord is righteous. And we should declare the gospel that Jesus Christ is risen and all people everywhere should repent. So let's go. Let's stay focused on that mission because our nation needs it now, perhaps even more than ever. And if we don't bring that message, who's going to? Let's be faithful. Let's be set apart for the gospel like the Apostle Paul. And it'll be awesome to read more through Romans and see more about this glorious gospel as we read through this book together. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.